Isn't it rich? Are we a pair? Me here at last on the ground, you in midair. Send in the clown. Hello, welcome back to Enter the Asylum, a podcast where two brothers try and find hope when there is none at all, as we descend deeper and deeper into a pile of garbage, is hoping this, are, to find are you t- not sorry, even you t- a diamond, but maybe like like a very nice looking pebble. Sorry, are you, you talking know, I'd about- I'd be okay with that. Are you talking about the movies, or are you talking about 2020? Both, I think, right now. Okay. Um, I am your DevRace host, Benjamin. I'm his DevRace co-host, John. Uh, today we watch DevRace. DevRace. DevRace er, that is. We have the er, be per, it's very important we mention the er at the end of DevRace er to okay, avoid any sort of copyright infringement. Right. Uh, that's all you need to do, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just throw an er at the end of a word and suddenly you're good to go. They should have t- done with some kind of, like, clown pun for the name because this is the first asylum movie we've done that had a legitimate star not a washed up star but a legit star of the time they had insane clown posse as the main characters of this movie yes uh violent j and what's the other guy's name too dope thank you um you know i i would have thought you know how, like, when you have guests over and you have to, you're like, oh, I should clean up the house, you know, we should put out the fine china, you mm, know, because mm. we have company. I would have hoped that the asylum would be like, hey, we have an actual star now. Maybe we should, like, you know, give a shit. Yeah, maybe try, like, just a little bit. Or even, like, like <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe even give a shit about your actors in the first place. <laughs> But I think this movie must not have been fun to like do at oh, all. Oh god, it must have sucked. There's only like there's only like two people who seem like they're having a good time. Um, everyone else looks fucking miserable. Um, I, just just really phoning it in. And you would really like it, it feel it felt like this movie somehow had even less effort, and it's even <laughs> less comprehensible than your typical <laughs> Asylum film. Like, it definitely it has... It felt like that. It, it has your Asylum flair. It has the, the unmistakable stink of the Asylum on it, but somehow even worse. What's weird about this movie, too, is that at the same time, it's... I Well, I don't know. I should probably look this, but I believe the director is more or less the same like fucking dude as the some of the other films. I'm sure but the he is. the camera work of this movie is completely nonsensical. It's fucking weird. Which I guess is different from the Earth films, which in that, you know, maybe other films, while they're not great <laughs> they at least have almost consistent uh <laughs> editing, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It feels like three different editors splice this movie together because like there's like color palettes and different filters like that just are just in incomprehensible just 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 they don't match okay i learned something quite exciting here this actually explains everything oh okay great uh 
I'm not. I'm gonna mess up his name, but Roar Kinrim. I'm gonna assume how he says it. He actually worked on some Juggalo champion uh, ship like wrestling videos and stuff. Okay. As well as an insane clown posse like video documentary. So he was an so, ICP fan. I'm assuming this is the guy that that roped them in the first place. Okay. Okay. I'm assuming good. the director did it. I think so, this is gonna fill in some loose holes later. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because in in an interview we read uh, with Violent J of ICP, he says like, "Oh yeah, a friend of ours was like, hey, we're doing a ripoff of Death Race. Um, do you want to be in it?" And they were like, "Yeah, cool. Sounds fun. You know, goofy B." horror film like sure you know sounds great so i could i could maybe imagine that the more trippy aesthetic was maybe his doing but the cheap budget made it this really sort of just disorienting kind of like camera work i could it's, imagine that makes a, sense yeah it's a combination of like an aggressive s like music video aesthetic which makes sense if you're a fan of icp like Parts of this movie feel like an ICP music video, um, and, and not that I'm like, uh, uh, like I really know much of anything about yeah, um, about here. ICP. Like I know they're from Detroit, and I know their fans are called Juggalos, and that's kind of the extent of it. I'm not like honestly, this was like my biggest introduction to their music, which I, I'm sure if an ICP fan was listening to this, would be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> how like, dare you!" Oh, dude, like no, that that you you experienced the worst of it. Like I'm sure they're like ex- like they're probably super talented guys, and like I just experienced the very worst, like the the most, um, you know, uh, trashy uh, kind uh, of yeah. What, what's the word I'm looking for? The most like unprofessional. Um, uh, not even unprofessional. The most uh, like cor- like corrupted uh, sure. uh, version of it. Um, but um, so yeah, it's like a combination of that aesthetic, like a music, like a like a hardcore uh, music video aesthetic, with the asylum aesthetic, which is just sort of cheap shit you throw on the screen. Mm. Which makes an awful trash bad film, which we must get into right now. Extreme close-ups to sort of hide the fact that it was filmed in Oxnard. It's like all like warehouses with like fields in the background, but you have to. Well, yeah, that's because that it was it's... filmed in the warehouse district of L.A. <laughs> yeah, no, the abandoned warehouse district the now fam- known. Yeah, yeah, now <laughs> known as the Red Zone. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, well. Yeah. This movie begins with sort of like this. You know, oldie stock footage and this narrator explaining the state of the current world. Uh, so it's and 2033. This, well, the U.S. has gone I through a found, civil war. You found what? The This narrator and this explanation makes very little sense. And I don't understand what the timeline of this is supposed to be. So I've written it down here in sort of a super cut version of it. Okay. Three years from now, the war began. Not between nations, but fucking sheeple. Uh, during <laughs> during this time, liberty vanished. In one final oh. attempt to restore order, the president declared martial law, and on the day of 2033, the red zone opens. So I guess what they mean here is that oh. this, this narrator is supposed to take place in 2030, or is it supposed to take place in 2014? Like I don't know. This massive prison encampment built to oh, hold 200,000 people. Two years from people. now, the war started. Three years. And, but yeah. no, so three years from now, the war started. 
but it's set in 2033. Yeah, and yeah. on this day of 2033. So it's like, which one is it, though, narrator? Are wow. you in the past or explain this are you, in yeah, the present? Are you in present times or are you in the future? Maybe he's just a time traveler. Maybe. The red zone opens. This massive prison encampment built to hold 200,000 people is soon filled with over 1 million insane, violent felons and libtards, I can only assume. Of course. America's once again safe, but not for long. And the libtards did not last very long in the red zone. They were, like, cannibalized instantly, to be clear. I, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a pretty – it's it's sort of a weird kind of conservative depiction, I can feel. I mean, it's it's your typical escape from New York, escape from L.A. Yeah. We turn a city a, a city into a prison. Except that I don't know where the fuck the red zone is. Like, I kept thinking, oh, it's in California because the governor, who we'll, we will be introduced to in a moment, the governor is depicted being in um, L.A. Like, yeah. there's like you see the skyline of L.A. Which is looking fine. L.A. is looking normal. Oh, you'd L- think, oh, yeah. L- you'd LA think looks- LA would also be deeply affected by this apparently uh, civil war between the people and the government, eh, but not it's know. fine. Well, the well the visible effects would be on the ground. Like you're not gonna see it in a skyline shot because the skyline's gonna look fine. Like no matter what, you have to be like on the ground and see like the rampant homelessness and like you know the crime and everything. You sure. know, it's and the graffiti everywhere and stuff like that. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever conservatives think LA looks like when you're on the floor, uh, ground rather. Um, but um, um, but yeah. So so all of the establishing shots for like the governor's office. I don't know why this governor has like sort of like national level power. Maybe like they changed president to governor or something. Mm. I don't know. But um, so I kept thinking, oh, the red zone is in California, but they never actually say California. So I'm like, is this supposed to be? Because uh, later on, I think they yeah. make a ICP makes a joke of like like oh what is this like uh, Iowa you know or something like that. So it's like, is this supposed to be the Midwest? Like where I felt called out when he made that that statement. By the way, Just <laughs> I mean, saying, go, but... where's the lie? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've had to see my state shit on in every single one of these movies. You Certainly. can you can take you could take one. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, like no no sense of and like establishing shots will vary between a sort of blank expanse of desert, which what looks like a little t- walled off town in the middle of it, or a CGI shot that's kind of like some sort it, of it, massive like super shanty town or whatever. With all these like up like like ruined abandoned high rises in the background, like basically you know like an abandoned city that's all like looks like it looks like Beirut after a war. But which shit, I shouldn't say that now. Shit. It looks like Beirut now. <laughs> shit, I was Listen. thinking like I was thinking of Beirut back in like the the nineties during the war. But like oh god, um, we here at Indusime tried not to mention current events because we release things years in advance. So. I made the mistake of making an old <laughs> reference, which was actually a current reference that that was just that was just a glitch in my mind um looks like baghdad um but like it's it's like it looks like a big like war-torn like abandoned city which doesn't jive with the establishing shot of the desert which looks like a little walled off town like you know it's 
again, it's it's very and also the little walled off town doesn't really fit a description of like a million insane inhabitants. So right. I'm really really lost where this is supposed to be taking place. Also, again, are the majority of these protests are the more majority of these prisoners supposed to be previous protesters or like a bunch of like gangs? I guess that formed after I, some this this supposed war. I think it's never going... really specified. We've never seen Death Race, so maybe maybe they're just borrowing off Death Race, but like I, I'm going I'm 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 imagining an escape from New York type thing where it's just like, oh, everything just got so violent and so crazy that yeah, just everyone in the walls are just they're all insane. They're all sure. they're all crazy violent maniacs. So after this intro, we cut to this sort of like vague music video thing where we see we hear some uh, ISP music, ICP music rather. ICP um, music is throughout this whole thing. They just they yes, constantly it's play like it. three, four songs they have. Yeah, I want to say more than that. It felt like more than that, but it might. You hear a lot just... of repeats, though. I've noticed. You do. You're right. You just like catch certain repetitive lyrics throughout this yeah. whole movie, and you're like, yeah. I, I I think I've heard this song by the fifth time now, guys. Can we? Yeah, can, can you give me a little variety? I'm sure. I'm sure the discography of ICP. You have them in your fucking movie. You, right. could, you could try a little bit harder than this. I assume they probably still had to pay for the rights of uh, <laughs> those songs. <laughs> that would actually be a baller move on ICP's part. It's like, yeah, we'll be in your movie, but you still have to pay us for. Right. <laughs> like, I could see that. <laughs> that seems not? pretty reasonable. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Especially if they're part of record label or whatever. Then it'd be like it'd be hard to avoid it. True. Um, so yeah, we see a young man, he's filming these two sort of wacky middle-aged dudes, and one of them is, uh, former wrestler W.E. Raven, who's Ooh, playing the Reaper, which is our main villain of our this Our main movie. villain, Raven, I didn't know anything about him, I guess his Don't know anything was, about him either, his, but his he's a person a, I guess I should know the name he of. He was a wrestler, his heyday was in like the 90s, it sounds like, from what we've read, um... And I mean, it, it sounds like he was still wrestling by the time of this movie, but he wasn't in like the WWE anymore. He was in one of those like sm- like less less well known leagues. Mm-hmm. Wrestlers uh, can wrestle for a fucking long time yeah, too. Like, well. <laughs> there, there are dudes who are like in their sixties who are still like professionally wrestling. Like they're not in the WWE, but they're still like on the on the on the small mm. circuit. And it's like, goddamn, that's impressive. I mean, they it, basically it's a job. It's like if you can take a beating. You can just do that forever. It's just sort of this crazy old guy trying to eat a rat that Reaper's finding very annoying to deal with, but he's, think, he's there for some a, reason. I think it was a guinea pig. Uh, who can say? Like I, I was, I think like it was like supposed to be a rat, but it didn't. It looked like a guinea pig, which is just a weird, weird visual choice. Sure. It was too chubby, you know. Um, he's they're both complaining to this scientist named Doctor Shank. Uh, who is trying to get into Who's, the water? He's, he's got just like a, a, a lab coat and glasses, and that's how you know he's the doctor. He is scientist man. He's scientist man who is um, distilling something from a giant barrel, conveniently labeled sarin in big <laughs> red letters. So everybody knows what to target. It's very yeah, exactly. It, you know, I mean, when you're in the red zone, you know, you, you got to know which barrels have like the the alcohol in it and which one have the sarin gas in it. Do they even keep sarin gas in barrels? Is that a thing? Who can say? I'm. Sh- I, I guess they do in this world, but. I, 
it feels so, like the uh, it, it feels like the um, the the uh, before the Iraq War, where British intelligence like found a guy who said, "Oh yeah, Saddam Hussein is keeping nerve agents in glass beads," and then it turned out that and someone was like, "Wait, that's from the movie The Rock. You don't keep <laughs> nerve agents in glass beads." <laughs> <laughs> nah, trust us, guys. <laughs> It's good yeah. intelligence. We saw no, it. We saw it, dude. We put. We found an, a VHS tape that had all the info we needed. Irrefutable intelligence. Thank you, Tony Blair. Um. So then the Reaper gets angry at the crazy guy chasing the guinea pig rat thing, and then kills him for some reason. It's a weird thing where, it's like, like he... why is he even there in the shot? What was the point it, of this? He's just there to be off. He's just there to be sh- to show, like, um, um. Like oh what a, what an evil man he is that he's like killing off his own guy, um, but there's a weird thing where like he's um, he's like he's holding the scientist and like demanding that he work on his thing faster, which is a reoccurring thing in this movie. Like every there's like maybe like five scenes throughout this movie of him and the scientist and him telling the scientist to work faster and distill it quicker. Um, but like, he's like, he hasn't been sort of like a chokehold kind of, but then he also has the rat guinea pig under his foot. And I guess it's supposed to be like a visual metaphor of like, oh, he's like squeezing the life out this of This doesn't make any sense though, because it also looks like Dr. Shang's in extreme pain, but we're not showing how he's in pain at all. No, it's, it's again, the, the, the guinea pig being squeezed under the, the, his boot is supposed to be your visual metaphor. It's supposed to be like, oh, that's how you know he's in pain. The scientist. But see, that is would work pain. if, like, say, he was on the ground and one of his feet was on the doctor, and if he was on the rat, then you would see like the pressures or whatever. You, you know, know you should... that would make sense from uh, from like you know uh, from a filming perspective to show you the audience how the metaphor makes sense in that usually, specific scenario. Usually, the way this metaphor works is the the villain is crushing the life out of something smaller and helpless to illustrate what yes. he will do to his scientists. Like that's usually how this works. So if he's already squeezing the life out of his scientist, it's like if you had like Darth Vader like doing the chokehold on someone but then he was also doing the chokehold on someone else it's like no you don't need to do that he's already doing the chokehold on his guy you don't need the extra one but he's also choking a rat at the same time Yeah, like you already have you're already using him as an example you don't need a second example anyway he squishes the rat and it goes yeah and the rat dies and then he let goes he let goes of the doctor and then they both notice the kid with the really huge camera filling, filming them. Um, he's a camcorder. He's a fucking, like, 90s camcorder. And I, I don't know, know how they, they did not notice this already, but he's just standing there in the corner filming them both. He's, like, behind a desk, super, super visible. So they chase him. Uh, he, he Oh, Metal Man. Metal Man chases him. Yes, yes, Cyborg Guy. Cyborg Guy. He's sort of a cyborg <laughs> dude who guards the Reaper. Who looks like... Um, Shit, what's that what's that movie fuck, it's like a really big movie. I'm embarrassed I can't remember the title. But that movie where like it's like it's the guys in the in the um it's in the future where it's all desert and like the crazy warriors are like Mad like, Max? Mad Max, thank you. He looks like he's from Mad Max. Sure. 
he totally looks like he's from Mad Max. He's got like the same like pattern shield pattern on his chest and weird cyborg shit and right. like something's I think something's fucked up with one of his eyes. But he totally looks like he's from Mad Max. But um, like uh, not yeah. but not as crazy, so not no, as yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> not so. nearly as interesting. No. In fact it looks a bit like a Halloween costume. Um, woo. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an insult to Halloween costumes, I felt, and I apologize <laughs> to Spirit and any other big it's the Halloween store bought Halloween costume that like store. you get when you're like, oh shit, I didn't work on this, like I, I ran out of time. Um, fuck, I guess this'll do. Um, a dude of a lab like vest gets in the way randomly, and then the cyborg man punches him through the chest, and he dies instantly. I think the kid, like, gives him the camcorder, and so the guy with the... Yeah, it's just like, what? What's going on? And then dies from Metal Which Man. Was, and he just know, punches awesome. him through his stomach. Yeah. So he so the kid escapes. The leader's then mad that now they, in quotations, are going to know about the attack. So he only gives the doctor four days. <laughs> four days. Which four they repeat days twice to, for some to, reason. To do this. To really emphasize the point. Um, and have we established? Is it is it the next scene where we establish what the what the plan is specifically? Um, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Their big so, plan is just to poison the water. The water supply. That's it. That's it. No, this drove me insane because. Um, so this is supposed. To... <laughs> God fucking damn it. So. Um, so the big plan is they're going to, and I think this is explained more in the scenes with the governor, who we get to in the next scene. Um, the governor has like three assistants, no, sorry, two assistants, and then the, uh, the mayor is just there for some reason. somewhere. I guess LA maybe. I assume LA because they're using the shots of the LA skyline, you know, like Garcetti is just there with the governor. Oh, and the governor is the guy from the 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 rocky coach guy mm-hmm. from street racer he's... thankfully thankfully we they found him though he's no longer missing in action guys he's fi- no. they finally found the governor thank, thank you he's now safe we don't thank have to, we don't have to worry about him being gone or killed by some sort of big meteor or pod people he's safe and sound and, ha- and he's now scheming by himself he is the opposite of mia no the the governor is 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 uh ia um so anyway, the plan is um, they're going to drill a hole into the 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 aquifer, I suppose, below uh, the red zone, and for some reason, the water supply for like all of America, whole, for all of America, is <laughs> in this one water hole in California, presumably, or wherever the red zone is supposed to be, and he's going to poison that with sarin gas. Um, and I can, and, and at first they sort of sta- first the, they sort of suggest that like oh he's gonna poison the water supply and it's gonna affect the state wherever this governor is that like the red zone is in. So at first I was like oh, I was like California that's still a little stupid but whatever. But then they kept establishing then they would in an in further scenes they would establish oh no it's the water supply for the whole country which is yeah it's all located in this one little you know that's not how geology runs no it doesn't i guess unless they're playing some sort of like you know ancient underground tunnel system of water that connects all of america which is also just as absurd there's a thing called the continental divide the water goes two different ways (laughs) you can't you can't 
the whole country's water supply from one spot. It's like... It, but no, so that's the premise. He's going to poison the nation's water supply, the entire nation's water supply, which for some reason is located under the red zone. Um, I guess, I mean, I, I guess we are so stupid. This is how we deserve to go. But... Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, which is pretty stupid because you, th- I just want to specify this though. It's, it's like, I'm not sure why they're making this sort of worldly scale thing. Because in reality, you don't you don't really need to even do it. Just have the threat be to the city. Yeah, know? that's that's what like a normal movie. Because yeah, it's not like the Joker does. when he tries to poison the well of the Joker gas. It's not like it's gonna affect the whole world. It's just no, Gotham. It's just Gotham City. That's the storyline. You don't need it, to make you don't need to make like a you know a world ending scenario. In Speed, it's like he's gonna blow up a bus and then like you know like a a train. That's not that's the it. <laughs> Not the planet. Although, um, remember in um, shit, what was it? It was the um, uh, the I uh, I am Omega. Remember in I am Omega though, he rigged the entire city of L.A. to blow up. Yes, yo, yes, yes. That's that is <laughs> all by did. himself. All yeah. by himself, and not with a nuclear bomb or anything. With with just with with explosives with C four. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere, all within, I guess, the gas pipe. But this is all getting off topic, I suppose. Oh Christ! <clears throat> um, yes. Yeah, so anyway, let's talk about the governor. Yay! So yes, like we said, it's the Rocky Coach guy from Street Racer. He went from um, he went from uh, you gotta smooth into the you gotta you gotta smooth into the curve, smooth. He went from that and to being the, like the governor. <laughs> He won. He won on the the campaign slogan. Uh, There's no such thing as. Uh, well, uh, no, sorry. Um, um, what was the shit? What was the quote? Um, Which fast, quote? What was the quote? Um, uh, um, drag. No. Um, fuck. What was it? Um, <laughs> fast cars. Uh, are something fast. something are for are for fast cars. Something something are for fast drivers. Um, Drag races are for fast cars. Circuits are for fast racers. Yes, that's that's his, that was that was his campaign. That was his campaign slogan. I see. It was so memorable. It was so memorable. I couldn't fucking. It's remember funny the because quotes. mild spoilers. Uh, the actor who played Mickey returns as well, which I like to imagine is also the same guy. Oh. Oh yes. Yes. Um, which I learned something crazy about him, but I'll get into that a little bit later when we introduce. Oh my. Him. God, I so yeah. Mickey, Mickey is the 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 um, antagonist. Johnny, 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 yeah, yeah, that guy, <laughs> that guy. Um, who has who inexplicably is adopted a Latino accent mm-hmm. for this movie, which drove us up the fucking. What do you mean? What, so John? Wall. I don't know, understand how. What? What else? What could he have possibly have said to have insulted you at all? <laughs> I don't understand at all, John. He could, he didn't say nothing stereotypical or racist. No, nothing at all in this racist. Entire movie. Nothing. No, nothing. It at definitely all. wasn't lazy either, for sure. Oh, it was God, all very no. smart, smartly written. It was very um, culturally um, affirming and very um, you know appropriate and very you know. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Based Let's in talk the about deep the governor. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's talk governor. Uh, the the governor. Um, the, who the is the? I swear to God, he's like, he might be the only actor in this movie who feels like he's actually trying. Sure, um, in kind of a comedic like, manner, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I ICP look like they're kind of. We haven't introduced them yet, but like they they kind of seem like they're like, like 
I I wouldn't say they were good actors in this movie. Um, and and no no like you know slam against them because I think this is the first time they would have been in a movie. And I think they only signed on to this because they wanted to do something else. And they were like, oh, let's we can do this and get some practice. Should be fun, you know. So they at least seem like they're kind of trying. They're just inexperienced. Um, but the, the guy playing the governor seems like the only one who's, like, having any fun at all in this. And he's chewing up the scenery. It's fun. I love every scene with him. I was mm. so happy every time he was on the screen. Yeah, he has a bunch of cronies that work with him. Um, I, Including I, I the, mayor, the mayor. And I guess maybe, like, some sort of maybe secretary of state. But know. the mayor the mayor just acts like one of his cronies. Like, he has no right. dignity. So I don't, I don't understand what his real relationship is. But he's super concerned. He somehow got the footage from the prison that the kid was filming oh, somehow. Oh, be- because, be- no, no, I know how. They mentioned this when they uh, when they found the camcorder because it was hooked up to Wi-Fi. That's not a thing. That's they that's, have that's not wi- how that works, No, though. but they have Wi-Fi in the red zone. No, I it's twenty. Not... It's twenty thirty three. This is how it works now. I see. But sure, if you're using say a smartphone recorder, I can see it. But he's using a a big camera. So no, you see, when the Civil War happened, the technology went backwards. We went back to camera. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> The iPhone stopped working. That was it. Was five G? The five G destroyed. Five G. The... Yes, the five G destroyed all the all the iPhones. <laughs> went, yes, exactly. And you had to go back to cameras. Back to simple. We had to go back to. One, we had to go back to, to to dial up Wi Fi. Um, oh, yeah. Christ. So they're and... they're reviewing this footage. They're like they now know that the Reapers plan to destroy all of America. So it's like, all right, shit. What's our options? Well, we can get the military. Nope, sorry, they're all busy. <laughs> they're all Oh, oh, oh. Um he mentions he they they rattle off a few options. One of them is they say the police and the female advisor says blue flu, mm-hmm. meaning they're all on strike. Yes, all the police in the world are on strike. You think you think they would have America. given extra You think they would have given extra power under martial law, but like no, apparently they have grievances still. Um. So in this dystopian, yeah, the, you know, America. It's good to know, actually, in this in dystopian dystopian twenty thirty three America, that the police can still go on strike. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know, good for them. Um, <laughs> so the police are on strike for God knows why. Um, the um the military, I guess, are just busy. Maybe they're putting down some uprising somewhere or something. Mm. So who knows? Um. I don't know why they don't just bomb it. Like, just get a drone and just... I mean, maybe that they're worried they would... the military, I, I guess. But they actually, they actually did explain why they can't blow it up, though, actually, to be fair. Because uh, it's full of sarin gas. I yeah. guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so they can't blow it up. So they decide to do what they refer to as a savage run, where you get a bunch of prisoners and you promise them freedom if they can kill the Reaper. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they make it up... But then it's so... <laughs> So his secretary, oh. though, is in like, but sir, we can't do a savage run. That's illegal. And the governor's ACL, like, eh, it's the okay. ACLU will be on our ass. I love the idea that like the ACLU still exists and is a consideration after Civil War uh-huh. martial law, like military it. dictatorship America. Like anyone would still give a shit about the ACLU. 
But it's okay because he's not gonna call it a savage run. He's gonna call it a death race, which is the same fucking thing. It's no, not I even love that's it. you made the name worse, actually. I, I love think. it. No, I think you I made the name that. worse by calling it the death run now. This guy this guy is uh th- this metaphor gets thrown around way too casually, but he is kind of Trump-like in yeah, his like ever style, yeah. but just but more fun mm-hmm. and just you know a little more demented. But he has that same kind of manic energy and kind of similar appearance too. Like kind of short hair is a little bit similar. Like especially like there's a scene towards the end where he's outside and his hair is kind of like shining like in the sun. It looks a little too bright, and I'm like, oh, he, he looks kind of like Trump. Um, even the way he stands and everything, um, but um, but yeah, no, I love that line. It's like it's like, no, you're right. We can't call it a savage run. We'll rename it. We'll kill it a death race. Then and the other cut, two, yeah. And then the other two are like, that's a great idea, sir. <laughs> like, and one guy looks like he's about to come from the idea <laughs> of of a death race. He's like, oh, she's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Uh, which, uh, which I guess they includes with them immediately cutting to this epic promo of Death, Death Race. Race. <laughs> we get the titular Death Race. Yo, they play it, I want to say, like 10 times. Mm-hmm. Um, and the really sad thing is, okay, so the first time they do this, they have the, the guy who screams Death Race give an introduction to the, the like, Death Race. and he explains the history of, like, the last like 20 years of America or so whatever the 10 years the Civil War and the Red Zone so he's so he's going like in 2022 the, the Civil War happened and we established the Red Zone and was, like it, all this like just nonsense um, but he's doing it in that that like Sunday 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 voice mm. um, but it's still really fun to watch and then you cut to the two most zoned out and awkward news awkward news like like hosts ever and they're just like hello my name is is i forget what the guy's name is i remember the the girl's name was like something ramirez um like and ramirez like and we have a a, a exciting event for you harvey winkler and jennifer ramirez 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 uh, Harvey Winkler. I, I feel like Harvey Winkler was coded as gay. I, uh, there was just oh, like, oh, 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 no! I know what he who he reminded me of. He reminded me of the guy from the the um the 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 show host from the Hunger Games, but sure. but but just not as not as flamboyant. Mm. Like imagine a really tame um kind of like dull version forgettable. Of, of that a really forgettable tame dull version of that guy because he had something some, that like there was something behind the eyes like he has like a little there's a little something there that's kind of off putting <laughs> that's what's and, left that's what's left of his soul he, he like he has like that like slightly like kind of like like creep vibe about him mm. like he, like just like a little like something in the eyes just is extremely off-putting um and like but like but he doesn't have the flamboyance of it and it really and that was what it immediately reminded me of it reminded me of that guy from the hunger games where it's just like there's a little twinkle in the eye that's like not charming it, it's actually like ooh, this guy's done something hasn't he um 
which I mean, I suppose Rooks for this role, but like, but he just has no charisma. Right. It's really depressing, and they're just like, they're so quiet. Although the audio in this uh, movie is fucked up. There, there are scenes where like you literally cannot hear the actors. It's speak. weird like, because in those in those sort of like. In a lot of these movies, there's this sort of like the really like oh look it's the you know the the co this two co anchors and they're 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 both flirtatious but also they hate each other. The movie this movie doesn't even bother doing any sort of dynamic between them. They're they're purely like exposition. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's there's no soul there except there's like a black rotten core. But there's no. But like there's no yeah no soul. Which is the whole movie when you get down to it. But yeah. And the audio on the voices is really weird. Like, it really did feel like someone was fiddling with a dial, and it's just like, like, dialogue down, dialogue up, dialogue down, dialogue up. So, they start introducing all of the racers, um, whose objective is to capture and or kill the super terrorist, the Reaper. Uh, f- and if they succeed in so- doing this, they gain their freedom. So they made it a competition where if you kill a random prisoner, you get 200 points. And if points. you kill the Reaper... I thought it was 200. No, killing the Reaper gives you 200 points, and then bringing the Reaper out alive gives you 400 points. Oh, I thought it was 2,000 and 4,000. No, it's just very low numbers. Oh, okay. So... Really? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, okay, so we'll go with that then. Anyway, it, basically the Reaper's like the golden snitch of this game. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, you could rack up points by killing prisoners, but the real aim is to like get the Reaper. Um, and you get extra points if you can bring him back alive. Um, but anyway, so we have four teams, which I feel like, I mean... If they have a million, you know, insane inhabitants of, you know, this this prison, like I feel like you could get more than four teams. Although, I, although on the other hand, that these people aren't and... part of this prison, though, right? They're all like people outside of it, I believe. But they're trying to win their freedom. So yeah, but they, they... but they have no knowledge of the red zone at all in the first place, which is obviously they're just stated oh, throughout this that's whole movie. True. That, I believe yeah, what this... they're implying is that they're just like other vague prisoner people, or they're currently going to become prisoners. They're prisoners who are so dangerous that they can't even be kept in the red zone. I guess. I don't know. I d- but they, st- I don't know. Yeah, I really don't. I really don't get it. Um, I was gonna say there could there like like realistically there should be like more people in the death race. On the other hand, that would cut against my main piece of advice to the asylum, which is cut back the number of yeah, characters. Sure. Uh, you know, cut the cut the you know um uh, cut the you know cut the flack you know just like just you know have fewer you know people are just there to, to die they actually do like make heavy usage of all four teams so. sure okay so our four start, teams yeah. are it's the severed head gang of uh, fred who fred the hammer which of course is uh mickey styles Mickey Styles from, from Street, Racer. Street Racer. It's that guy. And then he has a partner. Ooh, don't worry about, don't him. about him. <laughs> don't worry about him. Don't worry about him. We'll explain why, but don't worry about him. So, so let me to reveal you this very exciting info about uh, the actor who played Mickey Styles and what else he's done. I'm so excited to hear this. Please. All right. So Jason Effelson is the actor. Obviously, you know, he's Mickey Styles. And he plays a very <laughs> important character in a long series of children's inter- entertainment edumatainment video games okay who is he is the voice of putt putt 
from Pup Putt <gasps> Joins the Parade, Pup Putt oh! Goes to the Moon, and Pup Putt Saves the Zoo. Oh! He is the voice of Pup Putt. Oh! <laughs> Hi, I'm Pup Putt. Come join me on my adventure. I'm ready to go. I'm sure I'll be getting plenty ahead on this trip, yeah? <laughs> it says I'm invited to join the Car Town 500. Hot diggity! How you like that, motherfucker? Come on! <laughs> How you like that, I say, huh? It's fucking crazy, right? That's insane. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Putt-Putt just going around being like, A-A-S-A. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the terrible Latino impression that he does in this movie. Oh my god. Okay, wait, when did the Pup Pug games come out? Because uh, I feel like that'd be movie, way The be first be... game was 1992. Okay, the last yeah, one was, was it... Yeah, they're like little PC games for children. So Made yeah, by like Humongous 90s. Entertainment, of course. Which is... Way before, way before this. Wow, so that's, a, that's kind of a washed up star in a way. In essence, you know? yeah. As a kid star, he made all these, you know, he was, he, he played a notable actor in a series of in a, somewhat successful in... edgematainment games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, those, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, f like, those, uh, like, those games sell like crazy because, like, it's like, it, it, like, I mean, yeah. to like my parents, like, you know, and like, then I bet like, like every computer lab at every school probably buys a copy of them or whatever. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, like children's entertainment, those things sell like crazy because there's like, like they're kind of a built in audience for that. So, like, it's you, like, you don't, you don't really talk about it because it's like you, you sort of just take it for granted. What's but interesting? Yeah, I mean, like, it's a lot of people have heard Jason Eflison's voice before wow. without realizing it, you know? Wow. So it's weird that we've stumbled upon him in this sort of rather tragic state. How old was he when he did the putt putt voices? Like, like when? Oh. What, does it say when he was born? Let's find out. It should do so. He was born in. Like, was he a kid when he did the those voice? That oh, voice? I'm not sure. It actually, states anywhere. How old does he look in this movie? Like this is this movie came out two thousand eight. Would you would you say he's about thirty something? I could see that. Like like early thirties, I feel like <clears throat> early to mid thirties maybe. And so two thousand eight. So if he's like thirty by then, then he like let's say like like extrapolate to like some five like like ninety five. I mean, he'd still be he'd still be an adult by the time he's doing the putt putt games. Hmm. Hard to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I imagine he was a kid while doing them. Hmm. This is not super important or anything, but no, it's not. No, it's not. He just he he doesn't. Yeah, but he doesn't look young in this movie particularly. So it's funny that he 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 acted as a car and then later ended up. <laughs> Uh, in two car movies. <laughs> in two car movies? That was the, the Asylum's pitch. No, that was the Asylum's pitch to him. You're like, hey, you know something about cars. Be in our car movie. Oh, uh, and there are two things before that were rather sort of just very small scale. Like like he was in a, a short called Restart. And then he played like seeming, I think, like a side character in a, in a show called Amazing Sports Stories. So it's that sort of a reenactment show or whatever. Uh -huh. So his roles were pretty small before his yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, asylum introduction, I, and they were and they and they remained small. Mm. Um, God damn! So let's talk about his character. 
We've already said, like, yeah, like, offensive Latino accent. He's basically playing a Latino gangbanger in right. this movie. yeah. And we've seen him in Street Racer, so we know, like, he's a white guy, and he's putting on this awful L.A. Latino accent, like, you Which know, he like loses he... constantly. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. There... You know who he reminded me of, actually? Especially the fact that he was, like, driving around and constantly making, like, snarky remarks. He reminded me of Steve Buscemi. A oh, young... sure. I was thinking of, actually, Putt-Putt, the famous video game character. Of course. Of, the famous... uh, Putt-Putt's name is the zoo. Of course. The famous video game character of Putt-Putt. In this movie, though, he's got his hair slicked back and, like, and he's, like, driving around. And what it reminded me of was in Fargo, where Steve Buscemi is, like, in the car with, like, the really silent guy. And he keeps, like, yapping his mouth off, like, trying to get a conversation started. And then, like, even when he's, like, all right, fine, buddy, too, can play that game. Yep. Just total silence. Nothing but silence. See how you Still like probably it. one of the most it, awkward actors as well. Oh, um, God, yeah. No, that, no, if, if the awkwardness well. was intentional, this would be a brilliant performance. Like, on the level of, like, a Steve Buscemi, like, mm. you know, role. But instead, it's... Yeah, I realized that's it. That was the, that was what I couldn't crack in Street Racer. The, like, because this is the thing we said about him in Street Racer, is it, everything he did felt awkward. Yeah. But he was played up as a badass. Right. <laughs> so and he has the same problem. This movie has the same problem, except except here they kind of take like take the piss out of him more often. Right. So like, um, he, he's like, but yeah, he's like, he he's he's constantly going like, hey, Chicanas, this, hey, essay, you know, just just it's so crazy. There's a great scene where um, there was a not a great scene. There's a great no. There's no great. <laughs> it's scene awesome this movie. scene, dude. It's so funny. <laughs> there, there, there's just a moment that like cracked us up because um, he he like um, they they find the the kid who um, who's na- uh, who was videotaping that that's get this whole thing started. Whose name is FX? By wow, the way. so such a good name, guys. Um, but they 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 run into this kid and he goes like, "Hey, what like what do we need with this stupid gringo anyway?" And we yelled, "You are." Are a stupid gringo. <laughs> Shut what, the fuck what's, up. I mean, okay, for this film too, he's constantly doing really stupid little things like, "Boy, where's the nearest taco shop?" Hey, well, I was like, like these, uh, no, he's he's constantly making references to his dick. He's like, "Hey, as you like these tacos?" <laughs> right. But this is one scene that's also like I think the worst one. Where it's like, "This is like axing me with the price of beans is." And it's like, "Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> Shut up." Who fucking wrote your lines? Come on. No, he improvised everything, I'm sure. <laughs> That'd be the worst, actually. I think I, I wouldn't. I think I actually really want him to keep... Who wants that's, to take I credit wanted, for okay. this insanely racist portrait? Like, do we... Yeah, it's like, it's like being like... Because oh, like, what I want this to be, right, is that he's still innocent from his putt-putt days. And that's why he's so awkward as an no, actor. He's corrupted. No, <laughs> no, he's corrupted. That's he's so awkward actor because he's unfamiliar with being this sort of, like, edgy... Sort of like you know a gang he, dude. No, right? I think he wanted to leave behind Putt Putt and be like, but no, he, I can be an edgy. Can't, I can be an edgy actor. But it doesn't I'll, work. I'll you show know? you. That's why it doesn't work. Here's, my, so here's my Latino gangbanger impression. <laughs> That's why he's so awkward, and uncomfortable with the roles he's done so far. Is because oh. he just can't get out of his familiar Putt Putt territory. 
I don't think I don't think any actor has so quickly made an impression on us as this guy in our <laughs> podcast. Like we usually we have to see the same actor like three or four or five right. times before we're like like we have an idea of that guy. Like I think the Hernandez guy, mm-hmm. who also is like a the waterfall guy. Um <laughs> yeah. like I think we had to see him like two or three times before he had the breakout role as Hernandez guy. Um like usually it takes a little while. Um or like, you know, um all, all those guys who were in the um the late uh, films. It, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. But um but this guy, we've only seen him in two movies, and he's instantly made an impression on us. And so, and now that we know the putt putt thing, now we actually have a, sort of a headcanon of this guy. Um, I would love that though. Like you, you confront the makers of this film. It's like, okay, who's responsible for the racist <laughs> like depiction here? Is it the act? Like, yeah, it's just like the actors being like, oh no, that was scripted, and the scriptwriters are like, oh no, he improvised that. <laughs> like, no, fuck no, I didn't write that shit. <laughs> Well, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so let's move on to the next team. Um, is that the um the team Homeland the... Security? Oh, Homeland Security. Yes, two the the troops. It's just two troops, and they drive a a, a World War Two jeep, which is probably like something they also used in that dinosaur movie we just watched. What yes. was it? The um, uh, one hundred million BC. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're driving. Uh, again, the technology went backwards for some reason. They're not driving a tank or anything. They're driving a World War II army jeep. Um, All these cars have a bunch of huge big guns on them, by the way. And oh, Fred yeah, the Hammer's have... oh, car, by sorry. the way, has a, a big stupid plastic head. that's A being, big, that's a big severed head on it, which I, I laughed at. I thought, like, that's so goofy. But, like, I, I, I love how over the top that is. But then he admitted that it's fake. <laughs> because cause I guess the writers were embarrassed. I don't know. I was like, oh, come on. You couldn't even commit to it being real. That's like, that's, you know. Again, he's like, they kind of take the piss out of him. Mm. I, I, it's like, it, it, it's almost Steve Buscemi. Uh, uh, and sometimes he even sounds a little bit like Steve Buscemi. Like, I, I feel like, like... If the awkwardness is intentional, which I don't think it was, but if it had been, it, this would be brilliant. But, you know, I, I would have loved it came out and it was just kind of like, you're not Latino. Right. Like, <laughs> Wait, what even, who even are you, man? What are you yeah, even what are you doing? Do, what are you doing? <laughs> what is this persona you're trying to adopt? It doesn't what the fit. Fuck, yeah, what the fuck is this? Go back you know, to like, being putt putt, please. Yeah, go back to. <laughs> Go back to Martha's Vineyard, you fucking weirdo. Um, so, so Team Homeland Security consists of Rudy Jackson and Bob Cassinati are these two, I think, war criminals or something. They explain oh, that they... Oh, um, no, they're disgraced soldiers. Sure. They, 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 they were, um, yeah. They explain that Rudy advocated to go to war with France because of their potential nuclear threat. Um, A little Iraq war reference thrown in there. Yes. Yeah. So I guess America went to war with France in this universe, I assume. But yeah, fine. Whatever. whatever. Uh, after that, we then get uh, vagina mite. <laughs> uh, I, I legit, I, I, I legit laughed at that name. Like Vegemite. I, I le- 
I that was legitimately funny. Vagina, it's it's just it's it's these two chicks, and their their whole thing is they um they're sexy, and any guy who sees them is like, whoa. Yeah, whoa. Their, like, their their crime is that they seduced a bunch of men and ate them. I guess you get it. It's like a Black Widow thing. Ha ha ha. And and they and they have like a Black Widow decal on their car. And yeah, everything. their names are Queen F- B and Double Destruction. Wow, uh, so yeah, good, very it. funny. Uh, they're basically like the Harley Quinns of this movie. Uh-huh. We're like Harley Quinn, like it's su- actually Suicide. Uh, there's a heavy Suicide Squad feel. <laughs> yeah, to this I can movie. see what you mean. Um, but got clowns. Su- got you got you got clowns. You got you know the myth of days. Uh, you know you got your you know and then you got your um, weird racist depictions of you know criminals. Um, but um, yeah, like there, like how Harley Quinn has no actual powers, but for some reason it, she just seduces everyone. That's her power. Um, that's these two. Um, mm. And yeah, they also have machine guns mounted to their cars. Yes, and then finally, the final cl- uh, group is the Sane Clown Posse. The ICP as themselves. Yes, Violent who are J looking, and Shaggy who are looking very good. They look exa- like in 2033. They look exactly like they do in 2008. Very impressive. Very Those guys healthy. aged extremely well. <laughs> um, their music I is think- super illegal, and they're constantly using scapegoats for any sort of like. Any sort so, of, you know, uh... so basically, so I think this is inspired by um, a lot of people were blaming Marilyn Manson sure. for the Columbine shooting because I guess the Columbine shooters listened to Marilyn Manson. And I think someone even tried to do a lawsuit against Marilyn Manson and didn't go anywhere because, duh. Um, but, um, but I, so basically, in this universe, um, there's been a bunch of like terrorist acts and like mass shootings, um, and um, ICP was blamed for it, and so they were put in prison. Mm. Um, so base, so basically, this is like a universe where the Marilyn Manson thing actually like actually got the musicians in trouble. Um, so I feel like they they really should have they they should have leaned more into the like we're we're a were persecuted for our art like they they do that a little tiny bit <laughs> just a little tiny a, bit a little tiny bit but i feel like if you're good if you're basically going to do a glorified icp music video maybe you should lean into that a little bit more you know i don't know maybe just so oh but they they have the coolest car though yeah, well, it's the only car that had any attention brought on it, or even they have, had a had a thought, a concept of thought behind it. I'm gonna and say it's totally underused. They only get like one good scene with it, and it's so disappointing. But they drive an ice cream truck with a uh, a snow plow attached to the front, and in the snow plow is a meat grinder, mm. and they added little teeth to the snow plow um, to make so it's like. And the top of the ice cream truck is open, so it's like it's like a it's like a meat grindy like it it it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a truck that'll eat ya. Um, but it looks it looks fun, you know. Like it's the only it's the only car that's like kind of interesting in this sure. movie, and they barely use it. It's no. so dis- it's so disappointing. Um, I'd, I'd actually say that for all the cars too. Uh, this is less of a race. And more of a sort of a stop and look. 
there's no race. Yeah, there's it's not no really race. a race at all. Um, and, so yeah, and the killing mainly involves them like shooting people from the car and like not you, not even really. And, oca- using... and occasionally they they stop the car to get out and then shoot people with a gun. Yeah, which yeah. which kind of defeats the purpose of strapping guns to your car. I think. They spend half of this movie working together, which also kind of defeats the idea of it being a competition. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're all given a briefing from the governor, who explains the rules. Uh, Fred the Hammer's um, partner like, just starts asking some pretty basic questions, but is then murdered by the governor. Yeah, I think he, sa- yeah, he says, like, what if we just try to run away? And the governor goes, ah, there's always one troublemaker. Um, and his head explodes. Pulls out, yes. It pulls out a wand, pushes a button, and uh, the dude's head explodes. And so it's like, and they're all like, you all, he goes like, you all have a, a chip in your heads that'll make your head explode. Which all I don't know how Suicide they, Squad. I, a lot of Suicide Squad, exactly. Um, but I, I don't know how they weren't aware of that, that a metal, ch- a, a chip had been put in their heads. I'm not sure how they didn't know that but uh, cool you know um yeah so so um you know uh mr sa is now minus a partner so severed head gang is only one driver so he he has to pick up the slack mm. right so yeah um the race begins uh they, they all go bit, at the blazing a blazing fast speeds talking. of eight miles an hour yeah. Oh no. It's 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 incredible, um, and they're like running over prisoners and like shooting them with handguns. It's great. It's the occasionally rest of the film, by the machine- way. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's and almost immediately they start working together. Like they'll like pull into like an auto shop and they'll like trash talk each other. Um, In quotation trash talk. Yeah, quote, very, very minor <laughs> insult, very minor weak insults on each other. Um, really, yeah, just like, uh, like you're a clown. Um, I'm not the clown. Oh, um, gross! You're, you're like you're, a woman. Your pussy's your pussy's dry. Ew, like, woman, you know, like, clown. Like, yeah, like, like that's shit pretty like much that, it. You know? Yeah. Uh, why, why don't you suck on this? You know, da da da. You know, it's it's all it's all just really weak insults like that um but like they're not really in competition with mm-hmm. each other they're like they're just very very casually going about it um and there's like in a movie like this you would sort of expect like there's sort of a moment of like okay like we're being played here we have to work together in order for any of us to survive no they're all pretty jovial with each other Frankly, no, they the don't have with. that moment. They're just sort of like, just immediately like, eh, you know, yeah. Like it's not, it's not even established. It's not even really established that they're working together. It's like it's not, it's not quite that solid. There's just not. It's just a lack of sense of anything. Hmm. You know, like there's no sense that they're actually in competition, but they technically are. You know. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I mean, there's not much to talk about with, with these scenes. They they drive around, they shoot people, and they kill them. And they every now and then they stop to get out of their car to go then start beating up criminals with their fists for some reason. Yeah. Uh, they like do, do they little... do this for the next about twenty minutes or so, 
Um, it, it, early on, there's a, there's a little thing where like they use their special weapons, like the machine guns mounted on the back, and then um, there's like I, ICP gets to use the meat grinder on the front of their truck once, just the one time. It was kind of like that scene in Austin Powers where the steamroller is like kind of in the guy, <laughs> and the guy's like thirty feet away going no. It's like because they're going like they're going like three miles an hour chasing a guy who like looks like he could outrun the truck and like but he gets like sucked in and then like blood is like spurting out of the but you don't get a cool shot even of like a, an arm like being like like pulled into the meat grinder or anything you just like you just see them like like ICP looking down and being like oh there he goes and then like the blood spurting out of the exhaust pipe and that's it it's so. It's such a criminal lack of use of what should be a really fun scene. Which is, I think, everything in this movie again as well, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, Once again, you think if you have these same cloud posse on your, you know... Your staff, you would try a little bit harder. It's more interesting, uh, you know... We have company! We have company! Excuse me, ICP is here... You know, put out the nice china, my right. god. Get get a get a better VX guy, something. So, okay, so later, um ICP sees a big explosion go off and it turns out Homeland Security died off screen, I guess. Yeah, exactly. No, uh, they just see their their jeep uh, a, a smoldering ruin in the distance. They're like, "Oh, they're Whatever. gone." Okay. Yeah, um, okay. They, they clown- were the, they were the yeah. le- to be fair, they were the least interesting characters. That's true. So I was sort of like, oh, because cool. like the moment they were introduced, I was like, oh, God, it's just like, you know, like troop, just like operators, basically. And I was just like, oh, God, these guys are like, there's no character. There's nothing here. This is so boring. Um, and then they were off instantly. And I was like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. OK, I'm off cool instantly, with this. Yep. Awesome. Uh, so so then the clowns noticed that that kid of the camera has been filming the entire time, which, again, they should have noticed way earlier because he's just standing behind them with a Not- huge camera. Not hidden at all. Yeah, not, even hi- not even hiding behind a bush. He's just—he's just behind them. <laughs> to be fair, this is what like real camera people do. Oftentimes, <laughs> they're just very unaware of their conspicuousness. So yeah, then we find out his name is FX, and he just wants to film stuff and really show people what's it like in the red zone. Yeah, boy, fucked up, huh? Yeah. I like the idea that anyone would give a shit. It's like. You live in, like, post-apocalyptic America, basically. Like, no one cares. Considering that the death race is being taken place on live television, I don't think anyone there's, gives a shit about what the red zones are like. There's not a character in Escape from New York who's like, oh, we need to show the world what's going on behind the, the world walls. already knows in the storyline, too. Yeah. That's the whole point. So, uh, FX also war- tells them about the... Um, a potential ambush waiting them all halfway through like the the red zone I guess just where Ruth are taking they had to go through some sort of warehouse area where ambush is taking place I don't know why FX knows his info but he does uh, he's just familiar with it who cares so anyway uh, uh, ICP decides to bring him along because they're like well hey this guy would know 
Um, Shaggy too dope. His his thing is he he holds a little uh, uh, axe, like a little handheld axe, with him the entire time. Maybe this is his thing in general. I don't know because again, I just don't know anything about ICP. Right. But like his whole thing is he's just kind of waving this axe around and kind of like threatening people with it. And occasionally he gets to use it to uh, like you know slaughter someone. But um, yeah. Oh, and and like lots of sort of music video esque cuts of like you know uh, transitions where like like there's a there's this shot they use a bunch of times where it cuts and it shows the ICP logo, which is the sort of silhouette of a guy like running or something with like the spiky hair, and then it like multiplies into like four of those and eight and 16 and so like until the whole screen is filled with these logos so it's like bing ding 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 yeah. ding 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 and then cut to the next it's it's again it really feels like an advertisement for them but seemingly that's not actually not what it was which is weird i mean i understand i mean if you have icp as your stars i understand it's like yeah let's just make a movie that's just a glorified icp music video that's fine. I get that. But if you're going to do that, you should try to make it an interesting music video. Right. Or have, you know, just do something with it. Just something. Something. Just a thing with it. Please. All right. So they all sneak in the warehouse that the ambush is going to take place. And they do this big, exciting kill sequence where they sneak up behind people and axe them in the face. Yeah. yeah. There's this really stupid scene where... Um, Wait, what, in the face? Queen B, you know, wherever they want, I guess. Wherever they want, wherever they want. Or Queen Bean strips in front of these two sort of like criminal dudes, and they just sort of ca- like, they very Whoa. casually watch. They don't even make any sounds of like they don't even holler or hoot. They just sort of stare at her. They're, they're just they're just really dead eyed. They're just transfixed. They're like, I don't know what I'm watching. <laughs> they're they they seem more confused than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, and then ICP sneaks up from behind them. And then the joke is that ICP is also transfixed right. by her strip it's tease. so funny. And then they're like, oh, right, they snap out of it. And then they axe them in the back. So that was... But again, they're, they're rooking together. Yeah. <laughs> they're just, yeah, but you know, they don't fine. really have the pretense of rooking together. Um. So, yeah, after after they do all this, the cyber cyber guy from earlier then appears and starts fighting them. And great, awesome, cool scene. We It's so good and cool. Uh, no, it's, some it's... sort of mysterious masked vigilantes appear, and they shoot a big rocket launcher at the cyborg guy, and he then flees. He runs away. So that's cool. That's that, and those two masked guys. Yeah. They run away. Don't worry they, about it. They, they vanish, and it's like, who are those guys? Yeah, who cares? That's literally, that's literally that's the writer. That's literally in the script. It's yeah, who cares? They all say. Yeah. Well, they'll they'll reveal it later. But mm-hmm. uh, all their cars are now damaged. I guess someone snuck in and, and damaged them. The oh, someone guy. slashed. Someone slashed uh, ICP's uh, uh, truck's tires. So. So they'll bring them they... in the warehouse and they go fixing them, and then we get some sort of exciting little like you know moments of vague intimacy where Fred. And uh, destruction are like you know flirting with each other casually, but Queen Bee doesn't like this. Oh. It's so good and cool, and I you know ICP are just sort of staring at this. They give them like so little to do in these scenes as well. Again, you have fucking ICP use them. My God, like. Most of the time, they're just listening to the other characters bicker of each other, and they very rarely even engage with those, like, discussions. 
it's it's sort of a failure to recognize that like look you're in a movie with icp i'm sorry but you don't matter right no one gives a shit about you you're just filler so like like you're just you're just here to be in the background to icp's antics is how this movie should have been approached um, and instead, they're given equal weight with ICP, as if this is an actual movie or something. <laughs> with which real actors. Not, with real actors. Wait, no, which... now to be fair, the famous actor of Putt-Putt serves really high, you know, <laughs> We need marks. to give him his, of course, we need, no, he, he has a brilliant Latino gangbanger impression. Fantastic. That we, he needs to, to show off. It's so funny, you guys. Famous Putt-Putt actor. Everyone knows him. Um, so they they fix all the cars. They all drive off. Um, ICP is sort of left in the dirt in the scenario. They kind of just leave him behind or them both behind. Um, oh, um, go fix up the uh, car by themselves. Did you mention FX got killed by the? Oh cyborg right. Well, man? I, I forgot because of such an interesting death, and also who gives a shit. No, yeah, he just goes behind him. I don't even know if you see the deaf, honestly. I think he just sort of like sneaks up behind him and then just cut away or something. I don't know. But FX and, it died all, and all of this, so all of this cares. looks like it's filmed in Oxnard. It's like it's like a, a warehouse, and then anytime they they shoot, they 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 accidentally turn the camera away from the warehouse. You just see a field, and I think you could even see cars in the freeway in the background. But I could have been, I, I might have been mistaken. So our, everyone's driven off. We never we get in their death race promo. Woo! They explain who's in the lead. They do this like maybe five times at this film. They do this a lot. What's really yeah. irritating too is like this, the score points are actually constantly changing in like weird ways where the points get lowered or raised randomly. <laughs> like yeah, I was I was not paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Like to Fred that the shit. Hammer has like four hundred ten points. At one point he drops down like three ninety, and it's like guys, can you just can you just make a timeline of shots and then put them all together in the proper order? Have some continuity, maybe. I mean, they, they literally an editor's job is to establish continuity. I mean, it's 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 kind of part of the role. It is. It's, it's definitely not as pathetic as it was in um. Like twenty twelve Doomsday, where the time the time right. cards are completely no, fucked. No, that was that was the hardest movie to follow. This movie is is easier to follow than that, but it has the most conf- more confusing ending. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, actually no. I take that back. Twenty twelve Doomsday also had an insanely confusing yes. ending. So actually, that <laughs> actually you know what? So yeah, I take it back. That holds up still as the most confusing movie we've done. All right, so later on, Fred goes to the stand that's just out there. This guy, he's, like, selling alcohol, I guess, that's just in the middle of the red oh, zone. Oh, it's just a cardboard sign that says bar. I don't understand well, why it's this kinda, guy is here. <laughs> I, I, I would kind of like it as sort of, like, again, hearkening back to Escape from New York, where you have sort of, like, the vestiges of, like, sort of the illusion of, like, uh, a, a society that once was so like like in Escape from New York, it's sort of like the taxi driver who's like there's no like comprehensible like need for a a 
taxi t- uh, driver to still be operating and like collecting fares in in the middle of the prison but he's just there he's just sort of like stuck mm. his mind is sort of stuck in like the before time basically so it's like yeah and and it, it serves a plot purpose because it gets you know the main character it gets snake around um so i would un- I, I i i can forgive a sort of like oh yeah there's still a bar here kind of thing except um what it is is he drives up and the guy pisses in his cup uh the bartender pisses in his cup turns around pisses in his cup and hands it back to fred which should have been very visible to fred but whatever and then fred drinks it spits it out and she's like how dare you i'm gonna kill you now then he kills him and pisses in his mouth and it's no, like, he doesn't wow kill- no, he doesn't kill him. He just beats him up. Uh, he probably dies, I think, too. No, no, no. No, no, no. Because he, because Fred gets jumped on. Wait, are you flying the, the same guy? The bartender has him. Yeah, it's totally the same guy. The bartender well, has see, him. Well, yeah, what like, I assume was that up. just that he's the same actor, so not literally the same person. Because I think we see that, that, that guy from an earlier scene, too, at the beginning of this movie as well. Oh, I thought it was it was literally. The I think same I pre- I, I'm assuming they're just reusing act, like you know background actors or whatever. But to be fair, he doesn't. This makes look, sense. Your your it, thought it, makes sense. That my thought makes sense. But to your credit, he doesn't look beat up when he's chaining Fred up. I but I thought he was chaining Fred up because Fred had beat him up. So I thought that was the that the does premise. make sense though. You're correct. Um. So I, so I thought this whole thing, when he chained him up, I thought this whole thing was a ruse to draw him in so that he could, like, I don't know, eat him or something. Because he does look kind of like a cannibal. Um, but um, but then why would he piss – like, why not poison him? Why, right. why piss in his cup? I don't I don't get it. Just a laugh um, for a so laugh. So this causes a bunch of angry criminals to appear, and he takes out a scythe. There's this epic oh, right. scythe scene where he starts no, scything people. Oh, sorry, it's a scythe. Yes, it is a scythe. A reaper is not a tool people use. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right, you're right. It's a scythe. It's a scythe. A reaper is the guy using the scythe. I'm sorry. Um, and he and he mentions that he was saving this for the reaper, because it's a scythe. Get it? It's very funny. I don't know how that fits into the whole character of a Latino gangbanger, though. It doesn't. It doesn't at all, John. In fact, the scene is so shitty, because he's just like, there's like three shots of him uh, swinging the scythe, and they just... They just repeat those shots. Oh yeah, it's it's like watching a boomerang on Instagram. Like it literally goes backwards. It's like he'll swing it and then and the footage will go backwards and then you see like the bloods like the squib the blood spurt or maybe no maybe it's the CGI I think it's CGI not a squib but like the blood spurt and then it goes backwards like back into him and then out again and then back in and out like like a boomerang. It's it's really shitty and bad. <laughs> It's really shitty and bad and very Asylum. This is totally something the Asylum does. It's like a um, music video, man. But, but no, this feels more Asylum than music video, <laughs> but it does feel a bit like a shitty music video. Um, so, yeah, after he kills all the criminals... Uh, the, it's a I shitty guess... music video that isn't even timed to the music properly, right. which was another problem I had with the, with, the, with the usage of the ICP music is, like, actions aren't even timed to the music. Which you kind of wish they would be, considering, you know, they're here you know, on your movie. They're, and they, they're they, here, they're... <laughs> and that's like the only draw for this movie, and this should just this be This movie probably made video. money because you, those guys were in this movie. 
It made money not because these guys were in this movie. It made money because they only spent like fifty thousand dollars. Well, sure, sure. But I'm assuming fans of the same clown posse probably bought this movie, and they probably wouldn't like, buy oh, the cool, average a random movie with them movie. In it. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It probably it made the asylum more movie than it would more money than it would have. <laughs> it otherwise. definitely did not make more movie, John. It, did, it definitely did not make more movie. They could not hit the ninety minute mark. Um. So. Yeah. No, like, yeah, the Scythe, like, uh, okay, so he's, a, so basically his character is he's a Latino game maker who loves puns because he's like, I'm going to kill the Reaper with a Scythe. Mm-hmm. Get it? Get it, S.A.? You know, that, that I guess that's his character. Like, if you're going to do, if you're going to do this route, if you're going to take the Latino game maker shit, if you're actually going to do this crap, you should at least, like, you know lean into that a little yeah, bit and, and, with the and, weaponry. Should they lean into it? Uh, they've already leaned into they it. They've already... on him, took out maybe some sort of sombrero hat with, like, maybe blades on the end. He throws No, the no, hat. no. I'm, think- I don't no, know. I'm thinking... I'm <laughs> thinking he should have much? a... Sa- no, I'm thinking he should have a Santo and, like, some Day of the Dead skulls sure. and, like, you know, like, like kind of lean... Like, again, they're already leaning into it, okay? We're already in bad territory. We're already in, like, cultural appropriation shit, racist shit filled zone. Right. So if you're already going there, you might as well go all the way. Come on. Like, you know, it's like... It, it, but... Again, it's like it, it's the, it's very lazy. It's just the laziest depict. It's why I like the like, oh, he, <laughs> I, he just has a bad accent. And that's I like it. consider the, the asylum radicalist cowards. <laughs> Radically coward. Um. Radically lazy. I feel like is more what it is. It's just like, oh, hey, yeah, we have this guy. Like, well, again, this makes me think that the Latino game maker shit was an actor's choice. He was like. Oh yeah, like I'm just gonna do this impression, and they're like, "Cool, go with it, man." Right. Um, because they don't write anything else for him. The scythe is a creation. The scythe feels like a creation of the writer mm-hmm. because someone had to get a prop for that. Right. Um. So it is. So I mean, it doesn't matter whether he's Latino or not for that prop. So I feel like if the Latino stuff was a creation, had been a creation of the writer, they should have like you know gone with it a bit further i don't know something that's again once again that's that's most of this movie have um, him talk some actual fucking spanish a li- for a little bit my god you know something well he does he occasionally he throws on like maybe a, a single uh word a one spanish, word a which one frankly word. when you think about it that's good enough to show that he's he's latino right he talks about tacos. That's what they all. And, that's they all. They all beans. do that, right? That's not racist, <laughs> right? Uh, Maybe the sign really is just like really ignorant of the world around them. It's. I mean, I mean, we already know that. <laughs> all right. So yeah. Okay. So Fred is then knocked out by maybe the guy from the bar who knocks him out of a big wrench. He oh, then later right. wakes in chains. The big wrench, by the way, reusing a prop from a different guy because when the race started, there was a guy who was chasing after one of the cars with an comically oversized wrench and trying to hit the car with it, and he gets shot. And then this prop reappears when he's holding it. Um, and then I, later we see the same, the uh, clown posse. They're stopped by two ran- completely random girls who they fall for instantly. 
They're just like, hey, come up, but come with us. We're sexy. Oh, girls. and there's a big circus tent. There's a in big the stupid circus tent behind them for some reason. So it was kind of like. I, I was getting excited in this moment because I was like, there's a big circus tent and these two these two chicks are outside. I'm just calling them chicks because that's how it's presented. But like it, it, it's like like they're, they're, they're meant to be like bait, basically. Um, and so it's like meant to draw them in. So I was like, oh, they're going to do something based on the fact that they're clowns. Cool, finally. All right, we're making use of ICP. Thank you. But no. 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 Um, yeah, so Fred it tries to again get some info uh, by the guy who's chained him up, but he just doesn't work, and instead he's saved by the same masked vigilantes from earlier. So he's yeah. freed. Um, later we then see the clowns. They're brought before the leader of the Whores of Babylon, <laughs> who exists in this super prison for some reason. I guess. Um, and they're they, like, they, whoa, they... this is awesome. That's so crazy, dude. I guess we're going to have crazy sex. But then the leader's like, no, I actually want your balls. And she takes out big pliers. Whoa, <laughs> hey, what? No, it's so clippers. wacky. Not pliers, hedge clippers. Sure, sure. Which is hilarious because she walks <laughs> up, turns around, and then she's like, there's only one thing I want. And she turns back and she's holding the pair of hedge clippers. And she's like, your balls. Oh, my God. But it's kind of like... Where did she pull that from? Like, where where did she get those hedge clippers? It's not important. Um, later, we see Queen Bee. She's also, kidnapped. this was this whole oh. scene. This whole scene was where they made the Iowa crack. Right. Yes, that is. And I think they talked a little bit about like being like persecuted artists or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is probably like one of the longest bits of dialogue that the ICP characters had. That's a good point. Yeah, it kind of is. Except, I guess the end of the film, maybe. But yeah. Except for the very end of the film, but like, no, this might have been even longer. I don't mm. know. Um, so yeah, later we see Queen Bee. She's kidnapped by the cyborg. And then we cut to the clowns. They've they killed all the Babylon girls. They're all murdered. They've, yeah, they've axed them and everything. Um So and and this next scene is uh I mean, I guess Bad this next really, scene? really, really, okay. really uncomfortable. So I think after watching this scene I then realized that making this podcast might have been a mistake. <laughs> and I regret making this podcast, and I really wish the time would have gone better as time went on. But I think they've reversed and gone way if worse. If anything, they've gone worse. Um, I will say the one thing. So basically, what we're talking about is this is a rape scene, um, and the only thing that kind of held me back from despair is that it's so poorly choreographed Shit and, and awful shot, and, bad. and it's like that. It's kind of like okay, it's not really rape because the actors are doing such a bad job conveying that. Mm. Because basically, okay, to explain what happens, what's her name, Queen Bee? Yeah. Queen Bee gets kidnapped by the metal man. The metal man ties her down, uh, face down on a table, and then attaches a big metal, I mean, like metal dick, basically. Much, but it doesn't yes. look like a dick. It just looks like a, like a, like a, I think they imply Spike. some vague scene where he's trying to take off his like trousers, but he's unable to because they're made out of metal or something like that. Oh, I missed that. It's not important. Um, I mean, frankly, John, you didn't miss much at all. So he's basically attached a metal dildo that doesn't look like a dildo to, to his crotch, and he's thrusting it into Queen Bee, except that when you see it, because it's like, they, they film it like, they're, 
like the camera's pretty centered on it. Mm. Like it's not like they're they're not trying to hide it or anything. It would have been more disturbing if they had actually like ref- like refrained from filming it right. because then it's left to your imagination. And again, this is what this is what saved it for me. For saved it for uh, saved me from going into despair is that you just see him kind of thrust it between her legs, but nowhere near her crotch. It's like way too far away. So it's just kind of like, oh wow, this is really poorly shot. And also, while this is happening, Fred and D structure are making out. Are making out, which is this weird parallel shot they're doing with both these scenes happening. Oh, right, yeah, it's going to be at the same time, and they can hear Queen Bee screaming, and eventually Double D is like, oh, crap, that's Queen Bee. Um, Which is bad, and I hate it. And why she's attracted to Fred, I don't fucking know. But that that was a funny thing, was Fred kept hitting on them and kept getting rejected. And this happened, like, five times Uh until he finally got to make out with Double D. Um, But, like, it was just like, boy, you really can't take a hint, can you? Right. So Frendy then save her and kill the cyborg, finally. Um, yep. They just punch it a bunch. They, some, they, they kill it this time, somehow. For some reason, this time it rocks. So after this happens, they all start arguing with each other with, like, like oh. D clears to likes Fred, but Queen B is, like, mad at Fred, and then uh, Fred feels betrayed by them, so then he... I think, I think the implication here is that D and Queen B are lovers. Yeah, I guess so. I guess they are. It's it's too vague to really make like. They don't explicitly state yeah. it, but I think it's supposed to be a love triangle situation. Um, but anyway, so um, this angers girls... Queen B though and causes her to run she... over Fred with his with her, the car. But what? But but not actually run over sort just of nudge back, him yeah. no just just back into him repeatedly and then she takes a a, a blade and like uh like a hat like what was it a big uh, machete it was thing. a machete yeah. it was a machete and just like and and hacks at him repeatedly until she stopped by double d and double d's like 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 b stop i i love you but then fred shoots queen b and she dies too yeah. And then D's like, God, fuck you guys. You're both assholes. I hate both of you. And then she storms off. drives off. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, so, that's Fred fair. Is just, so Fred is just lying there bleeding on the ground. And yeah. Uh, so they're I both dead. Is, and this is the end we see. This is the, it, all we see of him, right? That's it. He's yeah, dead, he died. Right? They both died. He dies. Okay, they both died. Uh, and then we get another news clip where they explain everything that the Jeff Raves. They explain everything we just saw. Yeah. Thank you, Asylum. Um,. Uh, the clowns finally make it to the Reaper's base. Oh, there was a really uncomfortable scene before this, where just before this, where the Reaper is. Oh um, yeah, I didn't want to get into it because it's so such a pointless scene that didn't do anything. But sure, well, if you want, there was one aspect of this that was funny. So basically, the Reaper has a sexy henchwoman. Um, who doesn't even who give it a this, name, like, I think. Just, not, not even given a, a name. Character. Does she have, she has like this blue streak. Like she looks very well done up. She has this like blue like blue streak in her hair and she's got like leather like clothes and whatnot. Like really well done up, which begs the question, how the fuck is she getting nice clothes and hair dye in the red zone? Like she looks very presentable. It's very... implied that the Reaper didn't wasn't in prison in the red zone. Didn't he like 
sneak into there somehow, right? Oh. So I guess he implies that he's her assistant and she came along with him, but whatever. Maybe, I don't know. But anyway, um, so, so anyway, so, um, so the Reaper is doing, like, innuendo to her and turning her on, basically, and he's using, like, the sarin gas thing as innuendo, like, it's, I forget what it says. And it's I'm super gonna, I'm, un- gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> oh, it's, it's so boring, it's un-erotic. so boring. No, it's very unironic. He just has his hand on her shoulder, and she is doing, like, porn actress level overacting where she's like oh 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 and he's doing nothing so don't don't guys don't don't clip that by the way (laughs) who the fuck listens to this anyway would do that (laughs) um but he like and we're we're not gonna play a clip of it but like but what i love about the scene is she's like so turned on so overwhelmed really really over the top and then he asks, why'd you come in here anyway? And then, like a switch, just immediately turns off and goes, oh, I had to tell you, um, the, the ice, the, the racers are almost here. And, like, and just, but just instantly, instantly is talking normal again. And that really, like, I, I that got a laugh out of me that, like, just, like, I, I, I just, I like the idea that, like, the, like, maybe, like, the character was act was actually right, right, acting right. was pretending um but yeah who knows anyway okay so they finally get into the base um icp finally gets they finally see the reaper right well not just yet though because there's a sort of this oh. sort of weird scene where they're kind of they're sort of like they're sh- they're doing this sort of like mirror image of them both walking at each other that's I, oh you know yeah yeah they're doing the, the mirror image thing yeah yeah where it's like yeah this goes on for like a couple minutes where they're walking through the warehouse and and they're like they're looking at each other it's, it's yeah it's, it's very confusing it, I, I i this is the part that felt like a music video. right 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 it, um, like this is like this is just like this is a director just experimenting with shit probably and this all concludes with D walking in and then Shaggy accidentally uh axing Oh. Yes. Yes, they they're on the of uh, two sides of a doorway and D comes in, spooks Shaggy and Shaggy axes her in the neck. Um and and Violent J is like, "What do you do that for?" And he was and he's just like, "That's it. oh, oh but, and Shaggy's just like, "That's on you." That's on uh, to to D. It's like that's on you. You 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 scared me. That's on you. That that's on you. He's got his and hands that's in the, the air. Scene. And that's the scene. And actually, that I did I did I I did enjoy that. I did enjoy Shaggy just being like, "Hey, that's on you. That's on you." It's almost and if Violet these two J- people have Jay good like, chemistry with each other, and they probably should have gotten more movie time to yeah, show honestly. that chemistry between these two people who work together professionally. Violet J- Violet J and Shaggy have the sort of chemistry of like an '80s comedic duo, mm-hmm. where they're kind of like a like a like the, a little like they're just kind of riffing on each other a little bit. Where like Violent J is like, 
what'd you do that for? Like, you know, it's like, is that, is that how you treat, is that how you treat a beautiful woman? And he's just like, hey, that's on you. That's on you. Like, hey, that, come on. That's, you know, that's, that's not, you know, my, yeah. <laughs> right. And, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's very, it's not exciting, but it's very casual. It's, it, it, it really feels like some kind of like, old comedic duo it's it's you much know. like our chemistry between you and me john of course when we're not f- freaking out at what we're watching <laughs> um anyway so after all this they finally find the reaper and they're able to kill shank before he's able to activate the poison Mm-hmm. Um, but then the Reaper oh, yeah. sees this gets very angry and starts about attacking them but suddenly the two max vigilantes from earlier finally appear they shoot a rocket and into then the room. they reveal themselves to be Homeland Security, the dudes from the very beginning of the film who, in fact, did not die and have been totally just sort of like playing everybody and, and it have worked turn- the governor the entire time. And it turns out that they are the governor's inside men because they because because they 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 have a scene with the governor where one of his assistants says, um, um, "Your your guys on the inside are are getting it done." And the governor likes her like nods. He's like, excellent. Um, so yeah, so Homeland Security were his guys on the inside. And I don't know why they faked their deaths. I guess maybe just to become like, you know, hidden in the shadows so they can plot with their own accord. I don't know, who gives a shit? I guess. It's so it's so it's so that they wouldn't get targeted or whatever. I guess, yeah, that that kind of makes sense, but I don't understand why they don't off the other teams. Why do they save the other teammates? Oh, I, well, maybe so they can make get an open, like an easy opening for them to get into the base. Yeah, who cares? It's not important. Oh, like, oh, like you, oh, like keep the other team members alive so that they draw the fire. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's okay. like it's it's not important <laughs> the plot, frankly, it, at all. You know, it doesn't. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this isn't explained, but that that does make sense. Um, after this happens, this scene doesn't. Okay. Them, them blowing up this room doesn't make a lot of sense. Could we find no, out later be- in this movie? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, but, but um, it works, and they find a bunch of body parts scattered about, and they pick up. No, they the find largest one, one body. No, they find one body. Sure, part. they find a hand. They, find they a imply they hand. found more, but uh, but so they call up the governor, um, uh, and and he says, um, uh, bring the uh, or his assistant or something, and they say like bring the largest body part you can find and you both be officially uh, pardoned and you'll be both be officially pardoned um so they find a hand and that's all they can find right uh so yeah they they leave and then surprise insane clown posse survived behind a plywood board that they're by, by the board. time um the only thing is that violet J has a, a piece of wood jabbed in his leg um, and he, they can't get it out, so he's he he can't get up. They then have this uh, final, sort of final emotional discussion between them both, or like, yeah. come on, you gotta do this, you know, Shaggy. It's up to Shaggy, you. You you got you got you gotta get back at those guys. I know we're brothers, get... but you gotta fight the system and leave me behind or fight whatever. The, yeah, fight the fight the power. Yeah, all that. 
and after, there was a funny yeah. moment. There's a funny moment where where Shaggy, when he's leaving, he just goes, "You got it," and smacks the piece of wood. Like instead of like patting him on the shoulder, pats him on the piece of wood <laughs> that's j- shutting out. And uh, I thought that was a funny moment. Again, they got chemistry. Right. It's fun. Shaggy flees, and Violent J then discovers that the Reaper also survived by locking himself in a room that they never bothered to check. And all, and he's he lost his hand, but that's it. Otherwise, he was totally unharmed. And he's just holding it too. It's just like it's just like open wound, but for some reason, it's not bleeding or anything. So they have a sort of final confrontation where, like, uh, Violent is just trying to figure out like what's his deal and what does he want. Is he actually on the good side of the against the government, or is he on the bad side? Because because ICP has also been wronged by the government, right. and so you know, so basically, um, yeah, Re- the Reaper is sort of uh, appealing to his sense of anarchy um, and um, anti-authoritarian a- anti-authority. Is but a- he doesn't grieve the fact that Reaper just wants to murder every single person, defeating the point of an- yeah. everything. Because that also yeah, kill it's him just like, too. Yeah, like you, you want like you want to kill everyone, and then and then I think he asks like even even Detroit, and uh, Reaper goes, of course Detroit fucking sucks, which should have been the moment in a real movie that should have been the moment that like fuels like uh, Violent J with anger. He technically and, does, I guess. But. And motive no, but also fuels him with anger in such a way that it motivates him to defeat him. But no, no, not really. Um, um, later we there's a big there's a big ceremony inside the red zone where the governor's appeared and he's he's about to pardon uh, Homeland Security. But then Homeland Shaggy Security appears. Shows up. Yes, and Homeland Security shows up because their jeep is destroyed. They show up in the ICP truck, and then Shaggy turns out what had like had hidden in the back. But yeah, it just so starts blasting. Hom- Homeland Security is on the stage. They're accepting it, and then ICP pulls out. Uh, no, sorry, Shaggy pulls out a, a machine gun and uh, kills kills the two Homeland Security guys. The governor is hiding behind the podium, and the governor pulls out the little wand and presses the button to to blow up the thing in ICP's heads. Yeah. So Shaggy's head explodes. He dies, and then their, their final words. Fuck the rail. Yes, and but then so yeah, Vanche's head is right next to the serotonin or serin. The the serotonin. The, 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 <laughs> the serin. Maybe the the, the big serin gas yes. barrel. Uh, his head explodes, which causes a chain Fuck reaction. The yeah. <laughs> it causes a big chain reaction to explode the serin bottle, which ends up blowing up the entire. Uh, red zone, and apparently, according to Wikipedia, the rest of America too. That is not clear. The Wikipedia says that, but like, <laughs> it's as, not like, clear at all. I I understand it would poison the water supply, and that would again ignoring geology that that would you know like kill the country. But all you see is, in fact, in fact, the last shot of this movie is Double D hobbling away from the red zone and it's all bright in the distance as if an explosion has gone off although it's unclear because i don't know if it's just really glary or if the explosion is because i was expecting the sort of the glare to dim and then you would see a big mushroom cloud 
but that doesn't happen. It just no. stays bright. So I don't know if the implication is supposed to be the explosion is going off. But she apparently somehow she's survived. hobbled. She somehow survives. She's hobbled out of the red zone, and I think she raises her fist in the air, and that's the last shot of the movie. That's the film. That's the film. Uh, <laughs> that's movie. That's the movie. Um, so fuck the rilled. Yeah. Fuck, uh, fuck the rilled is the the message of the movie. So in terms of like what happened after this movie, there's a rather neat little bit in an interview with the Saint Cloud Posse. I assume maybe a couple years or two years later. Specifically, Violent J. Yeah, explaining about experience with the film working the asylum. Uh, so yeah, here's the. Do you want me to to play the the interviewer yeah, go here? For it. Read the question. Okay. So this is from, from the AV Club. In the audio commentary for Big Money Rustlas, that's a movie the ICP did after this, you make a reference to the 2008 movie Def Racers. How was your experience on Def Racers? Well, that was just a terribly shitty movie, you know? I don't regret that we did it, because doing that movie actually inspired us to get Big Money Rustlas done. A friend of ours who worked in film for a while, he was actually hired to direct Def Racers, and he asked us, he said, I'm doing a really low-budget movie. It's a takeoff of Death Race. Would you guys be interested in doing it? And we thought about it, and then we said, man, that's actually a cool place for ICP to pop up in, is this ultra-low-budget horror movie. We thought it might be funny that we did that for our fans. That you could see us in this cheap fucking movie. We just did it for fun. We, we knew it was going to be basically garbage, but we thought about it and decided to do it. After doing that, we saw what they did on that low budget they had. We saw how they would take shortcuts and cut corners and not even give a fuck. We would go back to our place and talk about it amongst each other and be like, man, we could school them, you know? They're half-assing everything. Maybe we should do it. Maybe we're ready to do it. Maybe we got the money together and the know-how together. Watching these guys basically fuck around on Def Racers, we could take it serious with big money rustlers. As soon as we got home from LA from shooting Def Racers, we had a meeting with our company and said, it's time to do big money rustlers. That's the good that came out of Def Racers. And how about that, man? It's such a perfect sort of like, you know, just kind of snippet of what the asylum is like to work with. Um, another quote from the the Wikipedia article, um, and this is um, this is apparently from uh, the 2008 gathering of the Juggalos. Uh, Violent J referred to the film as quote the bootleg ripoff fake version of Death Race, which which know, they knew essence, going yeah. in, which they knew going in. But I like how like after the fact they were just like. Man, fuck that! Like that was like like the, it, not that it was a waste of time, but just kind of like wow, they really didn't give a shit. Like, hey, if these if these idiots could make a movie, we can make a movie, right? I I bet their film probably is more consistent in its quality. Having not seen it, obviously, but I'm just assuming. Oh, I'm sure Big Money Rustlers is a way better film than this. At the very least, it probably has. <laughs> The, the same clown posse. The reason you people probably watched this movie in the first place. Apparently, Big Money Rustlas is a uh, parody western. Um, the Wikipedia page says the writing was influenced by classic western films, classic Warner Brothers cartoons, and the film Blazing Saddles. Sure. Which makes sense because Blazing Saddles itself is inspired by Looney Tunes cartoons. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean that sounds that sounds fun. They're like they're like openly like yeah, this is supposed to be goofy in a parody. But yeah, there's that's Def Racers, all right. 
Uh, next week, Sunday School Musical! <laughs> or whenever. Oh my god, finally, yes, next time. Sunday School Musical, a very sudden <laughs> shift in, in uh, the genre and um, uh, Every- Everything? Yes. Uh, the Asylum's first attempt at a musical. Let's see how this goes. Uh, it's actually a Faith Films attempt at a musical, to be fair. Of, of course, of course. Dif- to- totally, so totally totally di- different company. <laughs> diff- very different company. Yes. Two competing groups of high school students must ride together and enter a song and dance competition in order to save their church from closing. <laughs> what, what, what church is under threat of closing? Churches don't have, like, public funding. It's, you know, evil government man who's like, yeah, I don't know, he wants to destroy the church to probably build a parking lot or maybe some sort of highway. I can understand, like, a developer wants to, like, buy out the property and, like, and, and build, like, I don't know, like, condos or something on it. That's that's plausible, but, I don't know, we'll see what the, what, what the assignment comes up with. Certainly. Um, I I, by the way, high... I don't recommend this film, by the way, if that isn't obvious. Oh, Death Racers? Oh, God, no. Yeah, don't watch this movie. It was, it was a fascinating film for us to watch, I think, because, like I said, this was the first time the Asylum got a legit star of the time in one of their movies. Mm-hmm. Not not some washed-up actor, but, like, a legit star. And somehow they put in even less effort. Right. Um, yeah, it, it, it feels like... It, like, it really makes me feel for ICP, because I'm like, wow, they got really... Sh- like, they got a raw deal Basically. This. It felt like it, at least. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it's, I guess it's hard to bone the words why, but it just feels unfair, <laughs> I suppose, yeah. to them. Yeah. I think, I think the story would have been better as a video game. Oh, uh, I'm sure. Like, like, do the, do the, like, the whole thing where they're killing people for points that should have been like a video game and then there should have been like multiple endings like there's the ending of this like the the actual ending of this movie would be like the bad ending of the video game where you failed to kill the right. the reap where like everything blows up um and it's like it that's the fuck the world ending or so like that you could that could be the morality system of the game you could do the fuck the world ending or you could do the save the world ending mm. Um. Yeah. No. This would have been like like a uh like a uh like a side-scrolling fighting game. That 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 would have been that would have been like a better use of this story. I think doing literally anything other than uh this movie would probably be a better use of the two actors at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I guess they had to made a Deaf Race movie because the Deaf Race movie was gonna come out, so I guess they had to. Uh, and they had a, and the director had a genius idea to hire his two friends to work in the movie. Mm-hmm. We'll get ICP. Ah, uh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I mean, again, just just go watch like Street Racer or whatever. <laughs> Street Racer is way way more fun than this movie. It's upsetting. I don't feel as upset as I did maybe during some of my previous listens or watches these films or whatever like i was pretty upset after journey of the center center if i recall i don't feel as upset doing this mainly because i guess this film felt a bit more like i don't know purposefully shitty and how it's been done or whatever Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. Film is bad. Don't watch it. <laughs> Criminal underuse of ICP. Um, I mean, they don't even have like Fago in 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 this. That's that's the other thing I know about ICP is that they're all into to Fago the that that soda that like I think it's an orange soda. Sure. Like, they, they, spr- they, they, now, to be fair, they, I imagine you need the rights to put that into your movie. But they should. They could have used like they could have used a stand-in that wasn't explicitly Fago, but they're like spraying people right. with it or something. They should have had acid Fago. That should have been one of the weapons they use. Because like that's the thing they do. They like they shake it up and they spray it like at like the crowd, the concerts. That should have been a weapon. But see, I think this implies, John, that they they give a shit and they actually care about, you know, <laughs> their their main star actors of this movie, which they clearly don't care about at all. Right. How is it? How is it that I feel like I know? I know nothing about ICP. <laughs> and somehow and how you know is it more? that I feel like I could make something that makes better use of of like the their, the, the juggalo culture <laughs> than this right. movie? Oh crap! I don't know. Yeah, I uh, if you have any great ideas on how to make Def Racers a better film and how to better utilize ICP in this movie. Pitch us, pitch us your ICP film. Yes. Uh, at Enter the Asylum Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, that is at, your, at Enter the Asylum Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, what's your quote? Def Race. <laughs> That's nothing else to it. Uh, fuck the world. Fuck the world. My final message. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Losing my timing this late in my career. Where are the clowns? There ought to be clowns. Well, maybe